Don't kill me, man. I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Ready to form Voltron. episode of Charlie's Geekcast. My name is Charlie Niemeyer and today we are taking a break from the commentaries despite the fact that I said that we weren't. We are taking a break from the commentaries because I decided I wanted to do something about Batman. Now you may or may not know this but this year 19 wow 2019 marks the 80th anniversary of the debut of Batman. As such, there's all sorts of Batman stuff coming out. A lot more than Superman, but, you know, whatever. Including the movies being re-screened in theaters again, uh, Blu-ray releases, and all sorts of cool stuff. But see, this is a show about me and the stuff I like. So I decided to do a top five Batman stories list. Uh, This is not based on sales. This is not based on popularity. This is based on my taste. So, you know, feel free to write it and say that I'm wrong, but this is how I feel. Now, you're going to notice most of these are from one particular portion of an era of Batman. That's because most of my Batman reading started off at night, basically nightfall to No Man's Land. So, that's basically what I'm going to be talking about. So, let's get started with... Five. Number five is No Man's Land. This is an epic story. Uh, it takes a whole year. It covers all the main Batman books. Uh, it runs through Batman, Detective, Shadow of the Bat, and Legends of the Dark Knight. Just going in an order. Uh, basically, a creative team would start with, say, okay, say you had a three-part story you were going to tell in No Man's Land. Uh, you might start the the whole creative team would stay together for the, for the whole three part story. Uh, you'd have all of them show up for uh, come together to start off in maybe Batman, then have that run into Shadow, and then over into Detective, and then another group would take over in Legends, and then maybe that story would run for three parts going into Batman and Shadow again. It, it that's how it worked. It was uh, for one year. It's all it basically it was a weekly Batman book rather than four monthly titles, kind of like the experiment that Marvel also did with uh, Amazing Spider-Man later on. Although I don't think they went weekly. I think they went three times a month. But that kind of thing, except it's put in, instead of putting it all together as one book, they still kept the separate titles. Uh, it was 
pretty cool for a year. I mean, picture it. Gotham City has had an earthquake that has basically destroyed it. Uh, the United States has abandoned the city. All maybe one bridge stayed, but I think basically all of the bridges were des- were destroyed, and it was a no man's land. Basically, the whole city had been abandoned. Batman decided to stay in Gotham. Well, he left but came back and had to rethink his whole purpose, the whole way he did things. Uh, eventually, we had Nightwing come back. Uh, and finally uh, ha- admit his feelings with Barbara Gordon in Overnight Wing, and they finally started getting together. Tim was gone in his book, but eventually came back. Uh, we debuted a brand new Batgirl, Cassandra Kane. Uh, oh, and of course, before that, Hel- Helena, Bert- Helena Bertinelli, Huntress, was Batgirl for a little bit. So it was a pretty epic hat. All the all of the main bad guys in it. Uh, Commissioner Gordon was there, and it took quite a while for Commissioner Gordon to forgive Batman for leaving Gotham before he came back. Uh, so it was it's a pretty epic story. Therefore, that is my number five Batman story. Four. Lonely Place of Dying. This this actually is a crossover between Batman and New Teen Titans at the time. Uh, covers by George Perez, r- basically all of it written by Marv Wolfman. And it hell- has Batman kind of coming to terms with the fact that Jason Todd has died and it's time to move on. And also accepting Tim Drake to come on as a new Robin. In the in the middle of the whole thing, you've got Batman going up against Two-Face. While Nightwing's in town trying to help. Uh, and Tim shows up and shows off his detective skills. Tim Tim has figured out, thanks to just watching something on TV, that Robin, or that Dick Grayson was Robin. And also, he figures he's Nightwing now. And using that, he's figured out that Bruce Wayne is Batman and everything. So, they kind of have to take him in anyway, unless they want to brainwash him. But anyway, uh, he shows off his detective skills. Uh, His parents are still alive, though, so that was weird. Uh, But, yes... Uh, they, this was basically kind of the darkest time when they, when Batman was finally realizing that he'd gotten dark and was not caring about himself after the death of Jason Todd, he was literally throwing himself into his work. And if he got hurt, oh, well, so yeah, it was pretty crazy. Uh, this was after, uh, this takes place right after, uh, Batman year three. Which is also a good story, but not my one of my favorites. And so, which kind of re- reviews uh, or has everyone flashing back to basically the story of Dick Grayson becoming Robin and joining up with Batman. So this is the other end of it. I thought it was a great story. The art is amazing. Uh, the Batman issues are done by Jim Aparo. The Teen Titan issues, I think they were, I want to say... Drawn by Tom Grumman and inked by George Perez, maybe? Something like that. Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty awesome art team. Uh, so, yes, I highly recommend checking that out. That is available in trades. You can probably find the issues in places. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a fun little story. Three. Number three, I'm going to take... It's almost as big as No Man's Land. It's the Knights Trilogy. Where you're like, and I know some of you are probably like, 
the Knights trilogy. What the heck's that? The Knights trilogy is Nightfall, Knights Quest, and Knights End. Now, I will be completely honest here. First off, this is where basically my Batman reading started. I had only read a few issues prior to this. One of the first issues I got for Christmas of 1992 was Batman 487. And inside that issue was a page to sign uh, to send off a little piece of paper and a check for $15 for a subscription to a, to a DC comic. I chose Batman. And the first issue I got in that subscription was Batman 492, which was basically the prelude issue to Nightfall, where Bane busts everyone out of Arkham. Now, the main story about this is Batman's already been going through some stuff in the last several issues of at least Batman. Uh, his mind is breaking down. He's having mental problems. He can't sleep. Uh, he's having these flashes of a box full of blood that keeps spilling. I, I don't know what that was about. And um, he's just tired all the time. And in the middle of all this, Bane, who has figured out that Bruce Wayne is Batman, by the way, and understands that Batman is already hurting, decides to bust everyone out of Arkham and have them run rampant. The idea is that Batman's going to wear himself down getting everyone, and then he can break the Batman. And, believe it or not, he succeeds. He literally breaks Bruce Wayne's back over his knee and leaves him... Well, he does. He, at the end of Batman 497, he leaves him crumpled on the floor of the Batcave. But by the time you get to the next issue, which is Detective something, uh, he's throwing him off a skyscraper uh, to land... And he lands on the street, and he has to be taken care of. Uh, it also this leads to Jean Paul Valley, who used to be known as the hero, sort of hero, anti-hero, Azrael. Uh, but Bruce and Tim have been working on training him since they saved him from the Order of Saint Dumas, and or Saint Dumbass, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, and that he becomes the new Batman, and he takes things way too far. He's got this system in his head it's actually called the system uh hypnotic training that he's had that makes him do stuff without him even realizing it and with doing that he actually ends up creating his own new bat suit uh basically he and he does this several times over the course of the story uh but first off he makes gauntlets uh trades in the batman gloves for these mechanical things with spikes for fingers and then after a, a rematch with well, actually, his first fight with Bane, uh, he realizes that the costume needs some more work, too. So he makes this armored-up suit uh, with the gauntlets, uh, a new kind of cape, uh, all this bat armor, a little, a big light on his chest that shoots out the bat symbol, bat si like his own little private bat signal. Uh, so he's he is the Batman. And uh, he goes out and defeats Bane. That ends Nightfall. And then Knight's Quest is him coming to terms with being Batman. And over the course of this, he keeps upgrading the armor when he realizes that it's still not right. And even, uh, the next upgrade involves adding more armor to it and adding more of a uh, armored helmet to the cowl. And then there's another upgrade after that, which trades in the cape for, I don't know what you call them, weird looking strips, really. Uh, but allow him to keep the Batman silhouette, but look really weird. 
Um, and he still has the gauntlets, although the gauntlets now fire these. Oh, the bat, the gauntlets fire instead of throwing batarangs, he was shooting bat shaped shurikens. And the new gauntlets in the final upgrade to his armor, uh, let him fire them like a machine gun. And part of his costume actually was the, um, strap of ammo, I guess you could call it. It, There was also a flamethrower. So that was interesting. And I think that was pretty much it for his upgrades. Basically, by the time he finished upgrading the Batman armor, he kind of looked like Azrael, but with a bat helmet instead of the hooded look that he had as Azrael. Eventually, Bruce Wayne comes back, and this brings Knight's End into into it, where Bruce, first the first half of Knight's End is Bruce... Uh, trying to get back in the bat shape. He'd spent a lot of time off... Well, he'd spent a lot of time basically unable to move because he was paralyzed. Uh, part of Knight's quest was the search, where because right after he'd had his back broken, uh, Tim Drake's father had been kidnapped along with Dr. Chandra Kinsolving, who Bruce had actually started to having an infatuation with anyway, but she'd been helping Tim's dad uh, come to terms with his own paralysis, as well as uh, help trying to help Bruce through with his mental problems. Uh, so while Tim and Jean-Paul were taking care of Gotham, Bruce had gone off to Europe and apparently pushed himself a little too far. This part, uh, this is the part I haven't read, uh, so I haven't read much of the search, but I'm putting it up here anyway. Uh, and... He pushed himself too, so far that Alfred decided he couldn't watch Bruce do this to himself anymore, and he quit. And Bruce came, uh, eventually found Dr. Chandra Kinsolving, uh, and it turns out she has some superpowers, and she was able to fix his back. Although now she has the mind of a child. So, take that as you will. And he comes back and sees what Jean-Paul has been doing, and decides he needs to come back as Batman. Night's End is all about, first off, he's got to return to being Batman. He's got to get back in shape. He's got to get back in his fight, into the fight. And also uh, be able to basically conquer his fear. Because he's afraid he could get hurt again. He actually, at one the big thing that this is uh, illustrated by is the first night out as Batman. He was able to jump off a Gotham Tower, fly down for, I don't know how far, and eventually throw a battering out, it catch on something, and then he was able to swing to safety. So it's been all been about leading up to him being able to feel like he can do that again, and it takes a while. And this by, for this story, they actually started bringing in other comics too, because they were running out of time because they needed to be done by zero hour. So instead of just being in Batman and Detective and sometimes in Showcase, uh, we started bringing in Robin and Legends of the Dark Knight and Catwoman, and it all came together. Bat Bruce eventually wins, obviously. And that led into Zero Hour and blah, 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 blah. So for this reason, this epicness of this story and the fact that it was my first big Batman story, really, I've put this at number three. Two. Number two is the zero month issues. 
right after the Knights trilogy ended, uh, DC went through a whole company-wide crossover called Zero Hour. One, it let other timelines come in, so it allowed them to tell some stories with some stuff that was kind of like from pre-crisis, like Barbara Gordon came back as Batgirl temporarily, and Dick Grayson came back as Robin temporarily as Kid Robin, so Tim got to team up with them. It was pretty crazy. That miniseries counted down to zero, and at the end of the for, uh, at the end of issue one, it went. It started at four, three, two, one. At the end of issue one, time was destroyed and rebooted. And when we have zero hour number zero, uh, we have everything coming back and correcting itself. This was supposed to correct any lingering continuity problems that still happened thanks to Crisis on Infinite Earths. It still didn't work, but take that as you will. Anyway, uh, the following month, every comic in DC... Well, not every comic, because Looney Tunes didn't have a zero month, and neither did Batman the Animated Series, and I don't think the Star Trek issues had a zero month. But just about all the superheroes comics had zero issues and basically what this was was gave the artists and writers an opportunity to retell the origins of their characters sometimes adding new wrinkles that they could play off of later uh batman or superman's story uh they brought in kenny braverman conduit who had apparently always been part of his life but we just never knew about it until then uh batman the batman books did something a little different uh batman legends of the dark knight did something really different by just showcasing uh it's basically a poster book but kind of just showcased a lot of the covers that of coming up issues or of upcoming issues so that was weird uh but i believe batman shadow of the bat and detective comics basically retold one part of the origin while also you know having batman deal with something in the present it's really cool, and I really enjoyed it. And then the Robin issue finishes it off. Told the origin of Tim Drake as Robin, but also the origin of why Tim, uh, Two-Face hates Robin so much, which le- led into uh, Dick Grayson becoming Batman for a little bit and then having to deal with Two-Face as uh, in a coming, finally coming to terms with his whole problem with Two-Face. Uh, on one hand, this was kind of cool, but on the other hand, I this is why it's only number two, uh, because Zero Month ends leading into more stuff that I didn't want to read. And Bruce had just come back, literally, in real world time. He'd been Batman again for two months and was leaving again. And then I think it was like three or four months that he wasn't around again before he finally came back. So because of that, that's only number two. But I like it because I'm a sucker for origin stories. And Zero Month did a really good, thorough retelling uh, of Batman's origins. One. And number one, speaking of origin stories, my favorite Batman story is Untold Legends of the Batman. This uh, was originally a three-issue miniseries that was released back in 1980. Issue one was drawn by John Byrne with inks by Jim Aparo. Uh, after that, because of the lateness of the scripts and the series, Byrne no longer had time on his schedule in order to draw more issues. So Jim Aparo took over as the penciler and the inker, as well as the letterer, uh, for the other two issues. They all had these beautiful covers by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name. And I just love it. It, it Basically, they found a way to incorporate all of Batman's history up until that point 
make it make sense and put it together while also having Batman solve this mystery of this guy that's kind of stalking him. I just love it. The first time I got to read this book was actually in a weird place. Because uh, I know one other time that during the Batman movie it got reprinted as these small, I don't know if they're digest size because I haven't seen them, but these small reprints that you could get through the Batman serial. I think you had to send away for them. But anyway, um, you could get them that way. What I did was I found them at the library. Uh, I, and it's not even, and it was one book. It was a pocketbook from Bantam Books. And they also, they've done, they have a couple others that they've done this with. Uh, they had this book. Uh, I know there was a Superman origin book because I actually bought that one. Uh, that was basically taking Action Comics 500 and putting it in this kind of book. But uh, for Untold Legend of the Batman, what they do for this book is because the dimensions are so weird. Uh, they basically, they take the art before it got colored, or the black and white art, uh, and put it in the book. They also cut, uh, trim things. Nothing gets cut out, I don't think. But they move things and rearrange a few things so that they'll fit on the page. Sometimes they zoom in on important stuff or zoom out if they have a big splash page, but they want to fit it in a smaller spot. Uh, which can make the words kind of hard to read, but it's okay. Uh, and this was the way I read the book the first time. And man, I found this at the library. Uh, now, I have mentioned before, either on this show or my other shows, uh, when I lived in Laurel, they, that library system, P the Pro Prince George's County Library System, or at least the, the Laurel branch uh, in Maryland, had a few trades, because trades trade uh, the trade comics weren't big then, as well as floppy issues. When I moved to Severn and had to deal with the Anne Arundel County Public Library System, they didn't have comics. They had maybe a trade, and if it was anything, it was Dark Knight Returns. If they had anything about comics, it was either collections of the newspaper strips, like Better for Worse, Family Circus, Peanuts, Garfield, Calvin and Hobbes, etc., 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 Farside. Meanwhile, the anything they had to do with actual comic books was stuff about collecting comics or the price guides and that sort of thing. Not what I was looking for, because at the time I wanted to read comics, and I couldn't. So then I, I happened to be at a different branch this one time. And they happened to have this one copy of this one little book. And it stood out because I think it was orange or red, at least on the thing least on the side and i pulled it out and i was like holy moly and i looked through it and it looks really good the art is what i recognize because jim aparo did most of nightfall so i recognize his art his handiwork in the art and i just thought it was brilliant and so i borrowed it from the library and took it home and i just we actually had family visiting my grandparents from florida were visiting i'm not sure why it might have been because my great, my great aunt had died, and she lived in Virginia, so they had come up for the funeral and they decided to come up and see us. I'm not sure. But for whatever reason, I got, I just, I, I went up into my room, got on, laid down on my bed, and I read it through the whole book at least once. And that was just that first night. I read through it several times before I had to return it. Unfortunately, I couldn't find anywhere to buy a copy, and... That was the only time I was actually able to borrow it. I never could get my hands on it again. Uh, and then, of course, so I was looking for the comic, and 
I could never find the complete set. I could usually find issue one. Sometimes I could find one and two, but I could never find issue three. And then Scott Gardner, from two, who, you know, he runs this network, uh, was getting rid of some of his comics. And he had all three comics, and they he was willing to get rid of them for pretty darn cheap. And I was like, thank you! And so now I have all three issues in pristine copies sitting on a shelf. And so thank you, Scott. Now, I don't know how much of this is because I had to go through so much to finally get the book. But I just fell in love with this story. I fell in love with the origin stuff. I thought it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And that's why Untold Legend is my number one Batman book. Uh, what are your favorites? Please feel free to come to let me know. I will read emails. So, you know, send an email, comment on this post, uh, either on the website or on Facebook, and um, I'll read it on the air. So please let me know if you have any any thoughts on this, on my list, or if you want to tell me what your favorites are. Uh, please send them in. The email address is charliesgeekcast at gmail.com. And um, I will talk to you next time when we will return to the world of the Transformers for the beginning of Season 2. I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Charlie's GeekCast. Feedback for the show can be sent to charliesgeekcast at gmail.com or you can feel free to leave a comment at the show's posting at charliesgeekcast.com. All images and music heard on the show are copyright their respective copyright holders and are used for entertainment purposes only. No infringement is intended. Charlie's GeekCast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Please be sure to stop by Two True Freaks to check out more great shows. Thank you again for listening, and good night.